and of course our principals, which is why I'm here today, because they've been also spearheading all of this in the schools. So it has been quite um, an adventure so far. By the way, I have to re redo this because I, I kind of screwed up a little bit. So, so I didn't, but I didn't screw up badly. But I wanted to make sure that uh, we we're all on the same page. First of all, this is Friday, and uh, Tracy Lamore from Lamore Productions is the one who helps me put great people like you on. And uh, we're talking with uh, Daphne uh, Walbridge. She is a assistant. Well, we would call you a superintendent or an assistant superintendent here. But uh, you you were a, a teacher and then you were a principal and then you've risen above that. And now you're reaching out to help people learn how to be principal. There's one word that you that's on your book that I really wanted to focus in on to start with. And that is consciousness. Yes. Talk yes. About that. yes, yes, yes. So I also was a vice principal, so which is important because it, it gave me a whole other at the high school level, which gave me a beautiful insight into the world of teenagers and their struggles and challenges as well. So, but to um, ask to um, to respond to your 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 question or your your observation about consciousness, uh, I recently finished um, a twenty week uh, conscious coaching certification consciousness uh, with uh, Dr. Shafali, for those of you who know her, um, and uh, it, wisdom in education and as a leader is extremely important because it's, it's an inside job. You know, when you're leading a school, because I'll talk about principles since this is my area, when you're leading a school, you're constantly um, asked to, you know, make decisions, um, deal with conflict you know that teachers are coming in if they're frustrated with something or a student or a parent um you know there's there's a lot of pressure on the, the shoulders of a principal and oftentimes and when i coach my principals um i try to go tap into wisdom and uh, as their leader i'll go inward i'll say okay how am i co-creating this did I have a role to play in this situation? How can I come and help? Um, what is the real issue behind this, this struggle or this pain point? And it, it's not to be negative, but there's a lot of these situations happening in our schools because we're, we're working with human beings and human beings come to us with all, with the human being that's in front of us is displaying a, you know, a myriad of causes and effects that they've gone through. And now we're presented with them here in front of us. So why, why I talk about consciousness in leadership and in education is that I think principals, new principals coming into the game, have to have a conscious approach to leadership. They have to look inward. They have to, in my opinion, follow some wisdom teachings because it'll be their saving grace. If they don't, then they'll, they'll be going into lack. They'll be going into, um, they'll be frustrated, you know, because the wisdom teachings help you recalibrate and find your center. And when you're leading a school, you need to have that, you have to be very centered, solid, and being able to, to be able to lead a team. Being a teacher and then turning around and going, what I would call, call going into management, basically. And when, you, when you're a teacher and you're used to working with the children and you've got 20, 25, perhaps even 30 children, mm -hmm. as they do down here, um, it makes it really tough to make that transition 
from being a teacher and a doer to a leader and a manager of people. How do you teach people to do that? Or is that an innate skill that they have to come to the job with? It could be a bit of both, but that is one of the biggest pain points. And one of the reasons I do what I do, um, the book I wrote, The First Year Principal, is to help new principals navigate and, and narrow the learning gap they have during their first year as a principal. Because in effect, they, they are going from being a teacher where they have a group of people and they have a support system, like colleagues. And then all of a sudden, they're, they're, they, they, they head into this role of, of leadership where they're often called the lonely only, right? They, they, they talk about that. They joke about being the lonely only, which is false. And I talk about this also in the book and, and with the work I do. But, um, and so to, to answer your question, I think um, it's a mindset and you need to tool up and you need to, um, you know, make sure that you know why you're, you're becoming a principal. You know, it's not just to climb the next ladder. What's your what's what's your why? Are, are you doing it because you have a, a bigger vision and you're seeing that, you know, I'm seeing, a, um, you know, an issue here and I'd like to be part of the solution type of approach? Is that what you're or is it because, you know, I want the next pay grade and and, you know, which is not that much, really. So you better, you know, um, so you have to tap into that purpose. And and um, it, it's a mindset. And the biggest struggle is, yes, to change from being a doer to a delegator and uh, a visionary. Right. So uh, there's it's a trial and error and you have to just get your sea legs and uh, find support, find a mentor, have some check-in sessions with your mentor, make sure that uh, you have the systems in place for you to succeed, definitely. It must be a very big challenge for someone like you to talk to a new principal who is on the quote-unquote rise and is developing their career and is growing, and they've got a... Um, group of uh, uh, faculty of maybe, I don't know, typically how many kids or how many faculty will be in a high school? Will it be like 70 or 80? Oh, well, that's a huge, like we, in, in my district, we have, um, we'll have maybe 10 to 20. My biggest school would have 60. And, yeah. and some yeah. of these, some of these folks have been teaching for 30 years, Correct. have been doing what they do for a very long time. Yes. Mm -hmm. And to have a new person come in who they may or may not know or may have no experience with. And how do you teach a brand new principal to deal with somebody who is 30 years entrenched into what they do? Hmm. That's an excellent question, because, you know, I, I even I have to, to deal with this myself where you have to have what we call it your posture, your leadership posture. And there are a few things that you need to do which are not pleasant but they're part of the job and accountability is a huge one so holding people accountable when whether it's someone who has 30 years experience or who has five years experience you have to hold them accountable um you know have these courageous conversations meet with them have a plan in place to help support them because again your role is to look at your part in this okay what am i doing how what am I not doing or what am I doing that could either help uh, this person um, so it's really 
um, you have to hold your ground. And when you see something that's not right, that is not aligning with your values as a leader, you have to call these people out. And it's it's happened to me and it's not easy, but the sooner you do it, the better. It's like a dog, a little puppy who pees on the on the carpet. You put the nose in it right away and you teach them, you know, you have to go with the lesson. Because if not, then if you're not, and especially in a public forum, like in a staff meeting, for example, where you might, you'll see a lot of resistance and, you know, because there's strength in numbers, you're the, again, the one in the front of the, 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 you know, the staff holding the meeting. And then you have this, uh, you know, all the staff members sitting in front of you pre COVID, let's say, and you have this one person who's always chiming in and then kind of getting other people on board. So if you don't hold in, I mean, if it's a good, if it's for good reason, then, you know, okay, you, you, you keep an open mind and you, but if it's just to cause havoc and to, you know, kind of disturb the peace and, and disturb the way things are running and just to be a troublemaker, uh, call, you know, um, holding them accountable, you can do it privately. I wouldn't necessarily do, do it in front of others, but, uh, you know, making sure that you hold them accountable as quickly as possible and, you know, you follow through with that because they test, you know, you're going to be tested. And then once it's, it's a trust thing, right? Because, you know, you're new to the game, whether you have uh, many years experience or, or not, you're a new person and they're going to test you. It's like students when they, when they start off with a teacher. They're going to see how far can I go with this person, you know? How do you teach somebody to have a courageous conversation? Because there are lots of us that are people pleasers and we want to get along with everybody, but mm -hmm. there are some moments in time when you have to set your boundaries. And so how do you teach people to do that? I try to do it, first of all, by modeling it uh, with my, my principles when I have to. And I, I say, listen, this is what I'm doing. I try to be explicit saying I'm doing this because um, you know, if I don't, and I think the best way of doing it, the best way to teach it is to say, if you don't have courageous conversations with your staff as a principal, then your rock stars, you're creating a toxic environment for your rock stars. Uh -huh. And that's how you have to get them by saying nothing. You're polluting the well. Okay. So do you want to make the person who is not, uh, performing up to par, you, we're not there to make them comfortable. You know, we're there to make them uncomfortable because they should be performing to certain standards, you know. So why would you go and why would any principal want to, you know, pollute the well when you have these high performing teachers and, and the, the support staff who are there to, for the school, for the culture? Why, you, that, you have, that's your most precious asset. So I think you have to put that, you have to really plant that seed and say, listen, and the other thing is that why do you not want to have the courageous conversation? Is it because you don't want to feel uncomfortable? Mm -hmm. Well, that's not your job, buddy. You know, your job is to get uncomfortable because you need to be the gatekeeper for these rock stars. So just, you have to change that paradigm. Interesting. Interesting. I've always considered it because in my management career, I always considered even when I was the boss and I had like 60 or 70 people working for me, it was, it was like, I'm actually of service to them. Yes. If they have the right mindset and they have the desire to do an extraordinary job, mm -hmm. my job is to get rid of all the obstacles in their way so that they can do what they need to do and be the person that I lift up to uh, the others and uh, and and make that. Play. Is that kind of how it works in the school district as well? A hundred percent. 
you said it beautifully because that's what that's why we're there you were there to remove the obstacles so they can flourish and they can thrive and actually i mentioned it in my book i say a principle is there like i try to do that for my principles of course this year it's been so difficult because of all the restrictions due to COVID. i can't imagine um but normally uh of course you know you want to you want to really um elevate everyone and uh i, I say this in, in the book i say you know as a principal you're there to facilitate you're there to uh, encourage healthy risk taking you're here you're there to model risk taking and you're there to also model making mistakes because we want to celebrate errors we want to we want to you know shout them from the rooftop because we're taking risks and we're trying and we're also showing our students that it's okay in this world focused on perfectionism and you know how everything has to be just so children and staff need to see you know it's okay if we make a mistake we're trying this is like a, a lab a learning lab we're in a safe environment and let's do this together. So yeah, for sure, you wanna raise them, you want raise them up, you wanna offer the resources that you, you have and uh, you wanna create you know, something incredible together. Take a real quick break because I wanna introduce, he's not here, but uh, he's listening and he is also a client of uh, Tracy's. And I wanna congratulate Timothy, he's a filmmaker and he just got uh, accepted into another uh, film festival. So that's 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 really cool on uh, for him. Congratulations. So he's, he's he's got a tremendous career ahead of him and and stuff. So I just wanted just wanted to shout out to him there. And now now Daphne, I have to get into what I consider to be the paramount issue of our time, and that is kids have changed mm -hmm. over the last. I, I don't know. I, I graduated from high school in nineteen. So, 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 okay, seventy. Mm -hmm, yep. A long time ago, and things were different then. How are they different? How are the kids different today? And are you optimistic about our future with them? I am optimistic, of course. They, um, of course, they've changed because, you know, our, our society is evolving. I mean, they have no choice but to change. I think it's, it's healthy. I would be worried if they weren't changing because of, of what's happening. Uh, I find kids are highly resilient, very creative, um, and uh, I'm not worried at all, which is one of the reasons why I did a lot of the conscious, uh, actually the, the, the certification, the coaching was a conscious parent certification, right? So uh, I, I got a really, I think it's, um, it's the adults that need to do a lot of the work. More than, more than the children. I'll be quite honest. There's nothing wrong with the kids. Okay. The adults need to do the work. That's, that's what it's all about because it's our reaction to what we're seeing. So often when we get triggered, it's because something's rubbing up against our belief system. And then we need to check, is that belief system still kosher or is, you know, have I been fed something that I haven't really examined and I just bought into? And then, so that's often what happens with, with, with children. You know, uh, we have these belief systems that, you know, kids should do this and they should have that, da, 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 da. And a lot of it is fed by culture and conditioning. So my answer to that is I am not worried about kids. I'm worried about parents who are unconscious and because of um, just because of, of culture and conditioning. I mean, it's, it's not their fault. We, we're all like that. We all fall into unconsciousness. I mean, we're human beings and it's, it's a very strong pull, right? Um, but I, I don't believe in being uh, 
a fear-based adult when it comes to children. Uh, and I'm in the system I see. I, again, as a vice principal in a high school, I saw so much. But I saw so much. But I saw, like, beautiful light in, with, with every every student because, you know, they, they're, they're still developing. It's, it's with the parents that I had to uh, work with. And, and they're the fixed mindset and their belief system. So to answer your question, I think the children are fine and uh, some need guidance, of course, uh, because they are a victim of their uh, unconscious surroundings. So I would work more with the parents in a loving way, in a compassionate way. It's non-judgmental. It's, it's not meant to be judgmental at all. It's just, it's just that that's what it is. We are prey to our society and the conditioning. It's gotta be, it's, it, it must be just, invigorating when you see the light come on in a child's eyes mm -hmm. and the, and they feel and you feel like you've actually reached them and touched them what's that like it's i get goosebumps just thinking about it you know um especially the boys you know when the, the high school boys that were really troubled I, I i just saw them more often than the girls i mean it's not to say the girls they have their issues more psychological of course and i've helped a lot of them as well it's just to have that connection and when you get when you build that connection with with the students and um you see that slowly but surely they, they start coming back to you to the office not because they've been not they're not they're never bad it's it's, it's a poor choice of behavior that they've chosen and when they come and um, they open up and then you're there to offer services and just an ear or a safe space, it's you feel that you're making a difference with that one person, with that one child. Or, and and, so, and I, I still see some at the grocery store or, you know, in town. And I ask, oh, my goodness, how are you? How are you doing? And, you know, they're, they're grown up now and they, they're better and they've evolved because, you know, they, they've matured. And uh, you feel good because you have to love people. If you're if you're in education, you have to be you have to love people. You know, you have to love working with with people. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. <laughs> I was just thinking about hmm. are the teachers that I had grown up and all the people that I've dealt with in my life. There have been I was in management. I've dealt with a lot, a lot of people, hundreds of people. I've interviewed mm -hmm. hundreds and stuff and. I remember my teacher's name from elementary school and, and I remember having moments with them and, and stuff. And it's like an experience like no other. So I imagine when somebody's an adult and they see you at the grocery store or something that they're really excited to see you. Some of them. Yes. Most of them are some, not so much, depending if, you know, I had to suspend them or something. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, um, and now it's hard because nobody recognizes each other with masks. But yeah, it's just, it's a great feeling. It's a privilege. You know, it really is a privilege to be working with, with someone else's child. And, and even with the parent, like, I don't want to be too hard on parents because we had, I've had great, great conversations with parents and they've been so supportive and we've worked as a team and like you just you say yeah you know what i did i did good today you know I, mm -hmm. I i really did something special for for someone and i hope and you know tomorrow it might we might have to start all over but that's okay you know we're in the process and we're enjoying the process together and we're building this relationship teaching is hard enough as it is but if you have got parents that are in their own world and their own mm -hmm. 
in their own life are having difficulty with either divorce yeah. or or drugs or alcohol or or unemployment or all of these things it's got to be hard to keep the parents on an even keel and and all and and get them to focus on the welfare of the child it is and as a principal, for example, when we know this is happening in our school uh, and we have staff members coming into the office saying, you know, I'm so discouraged because, you know, I feel that, you know, it's first of all, if, if obviously if there's if we feel there's harm to the child, uh, children's aid is called in. And, you know, so our first um, our first responsibility is um, is to make sure that the child is safe. Right. So, I we're, that, by the way. What's that? You fell down? Did you fall down? My, 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 my uh, little camera fell right off his little thing there. I don't know how that happened, but. Uh, I go, oh, my goodness, is he okay? I try to stay. <laughs> yeah. I, well, see, I, I fell a couple of times this last year and hurt myself. So so it wouldn't be abnormal for me to fall over. Okay. But, uh, but it was just my camera. Okay, don't, anyway. don't don't get into an accident. No, no, Kevin. Okay, we're having this no. conversation. Please. No, no, no. This is an important Stay conversation. Safe. Yes, okay. indeed. Okay. Um, yeah, so just to answer your question, uh, it's frustrating because, you know, you're working with a child and, you know, you want – it's just it's, you feel so helpless. So just to come back to what we can control – um, first of all, if we have a feeling that the child is, is not safe at home, we, we intervene, we'll call children's aid, you know, stuff like that. Because you mentioned drugs or things like that. You know, if we have any inkling of, of foul play, we're going to right away, we're going to call uh, the authorities. And but in school, what happens is that we have, um, you know, we have structures and systems that we can put into place to help the, the child thrive. And that's in, in our locus of control. So I always tell the staff or as principals, tell their teachers or, you know, how I would coach my principals, listen, let's focus on what we can control. Let's put what we can in place for the student to make sure that he or she thrives in our schools and feels safe and, and can, and you know, can, um, enjoys coming to school. At least we were a safe haven for them or a respite when he's at school. And if he's safe at home, fine. It might not be the best thing because maybe mom and dad are divorcing. Um, but at least, you know, when, when he comes to school, he has some structure and hopefully he'll, he'll, um, associate school with, you know, a lot of positivity and he'll want to continue his schooling because we want to, you know, sow the seed of education. So the, the, the child continues on. Absolutely. That's 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 the best thing. Now, I don't know a lot about Canadian schools. I have not heard that you've had the type of um, horrible situations up there that we've had down here as far as school shootings or that sort of thing. You haven't had any of that, have you? Well, n not not like in the States, for sure. We've had some um, we've had some violence. Uh, it's not at all at the same level, um, but we do have, uh, like, you know, I'm, I'm in Northern Ontario. It's, it's very small. It's, you know, there, there's not um, a lot of violence in the schools. I mean, you have your bullying and some fighting and, and you know, sometimes you'll have these, um, uh, the threats, you know, a bomb threat or some kind of uh, whatever, like little things. Uh, it's, it never, it's, it's very, um, how can I say this? It's not predominant at all, but we do have all the protocols in place, all the safety measures in place. Um, there have been, like in the bigger centers, there have been some 
some situations. I don't know them all by heart because they're so few and far between that it's, uh, you know, we have the training for um, evaluating risk and assessing risk. Uh, we do have contacts to help us in case there's, there's um, any danger. Uh, so we, we are ready, but it's not something, uh, you know, and we practice these drills and things like that, but it's definitely not the same. No. Now, do you guys have to do um, hide in the closet drill? All that. Yeah. Yeah, we do all that. So we, you know, we, um, we're not, we're not protected from this violence in schools. Like it, it does happen. Uh, but so we have to be ready, right? So um, yeah, we, we do hide. We have the, the code red and and all that, and, and we have police officers come in to, to 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 supervise to see if we're doing it well. We um, and we document things, and it's yeah, yeah we do that as well. Yeah. It is so different now. When I, yeah. when I was in elementary school, we had uh, occasionally we would have fire drills. Mm -hmm. yep. Occasionally we would have mm -hmm. uh, hide under your desk because there's a nuclear bomb coming. Well, there you go. <laughs> this is this is all the way back in the in the early to middle sixties, um, and so but it's changed so much. Are yeah. kids more jaded today than they were, or is it just part of the times? I think they, they've had to grow up very fast because of social media is not helping. That is really not helping, right? I mean, it could be a force for good. I always try to promote social media. Even I have a 10-year-old daughter and she's she's not on there yet, thank goodness. And she won't be for a while until it depends, you know, kids are good at, you know, she's a, a negotiator, but we're we're um we're keeping that away for quite some time. Because, and I always tell her, I go, you know, social media can be like, look at this. We're right now we're on social media. We're talking, we're, we're contributing. We're, we're having a really great conversation, positive. Right. And I always try to tell her, I say, you know, Phoebe, this is, this is what's good about social media, but there's also a lot of, you know, bad stuff. There's a lot of garbage out there. And I think kids are consuming so much garbage. They're looking um, to, uh, for release. They're looking, and, and of course, the, the the students who do these shootings and these bombings, I, I am not an expert at all, but, you know, the profile is, is always kind of typical, right? You're, you're going to see, uh, um, you know, they've been either bullied or um, isolated or there's been some kind of dysfunction in the home. Um, and then they're looking for some kind of um, some kind of uh, way of, of um, I, not isolating, but um, uh, how can I say this? They're trying to evade, you know, uh, evasion is a, a form of evasion, mm -hmm. and uh, and then they'll start slowly, right? They'll they'll try to bring like a, you know, we've had I remember one student he brought a, a lighter that was like a gun, okay? That caused that caused in our high school that caused a whole shutdown. I yeah. can believe it. I can oh, yeah. believe it. Oh yeah. So we we did have our. That's what I mean when you know they they they'll try and and when we were trained by uh, these experts in in, in this type of uh, behavior, they say that you know they'll 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 try slowly with toys to see what happens. You know they'll dip their toe to see how it feels and then they'll go a little bit farther and a little bit farther. You know. So yeah. so I think jaded. I think social media is not helping. Movies, music. Uh, you know, music videos, you know, again, it depends, you know, I know there's, I put a lot of uh, restrictions on all of my daughter's technology, it locks up at this, and this app is locked up at that time, and only an hour on this, and I've had to really, uh, 
you know, be the architect of, of her consumption because I, it's, it's out of control. You are an expert on children. You're an expert on uh, schooling, on management and stuff. Give, give our listeners some ideas on how they can limit um, social media and make it a positive experience rather than because there have been people, as you know, and that have committed suicide mm-hmm. over being bullied on media, on um, social media and stuff. Yeah. How do we protect our kids from, from that? Can you protect our kids from that? Uh, I, th- I think you can do the best you can. I think you have to have your eyes wide open. Um, what I do, and I'm, I, I don't know if I'm an expert, I'm a mom. So I guess like, you know, any mother out there is becoming an, you know, or oh, a father no. or a father, you know, yep. don't tell yourself um, short. You're an expert. the conscious parenting, uh, coaching has, has really helped me because we did talk about, we talk a lot about this type of stuff. And so as a parent, you know, you need boundaries with your children, right? I have stone boundaries with Phoebe, uh, you know, respect, you know, regarding anything regarding her health and wellness safety. And I consider social media part of that category. Now, uh, for example, um, you know, I want to now right now the I must say her, her iPad time and all that that's gone out the window because of what's happening. And I'm hardly parent of the year for that. But in normal without pandemic, when we have structure, when she has swimming or whatever, um, I, I, I put a time limit on her iPad, right? So I let the iPad be the the, the referee or he, the bad person, not not me. So, and she knows, I said, listen, I'll give you, I don't know, an hour, two hours, whatever. And after that, it'll just shut shut off. And then that's it, she knows. And sometimes I'll give her more time, but she has to come and ask me. And I, I do that on the weekends. And, and again, I'm, I know she's on it way too much for my liking, but these are the times we're living in. Um, and so she has to come and ask me, can I have more time? Yeah, well, let's, how about we do this first? And then I'll give you more time because I haven't seen you all day, you know? So kids, what they want is they want connection. Number one, that's, that's the first thing they're going to want, you know, before their technology, they're going to want connection with you. So, um, and sometimes connection means watching uh, one of those, a movie that you might not want, but they want. So when you build that connection, you know, you kind of, okay, well, whatever, I'm going to grin and bear it. I'm going to watch this movie because it's important to my child. So that's very important for, for parents. Build that connection because when you're building that connection, kids are not going to be looking to go elsewhere for, for support and for, for connection. They're not going to go to their peers. They're going to go back to you because you've made that effort. You have to put in the time. So with Phoebe, uh, I, I, I do limit. I also, uh, she wanted YouTube. So I put a limit on YouTube because there's I can't control all the commercials and and she, it took her a while to get the app on her iPad. So, you know, uh, little things like that. Games. Uh, uh, no, I'll put a limit on this. It's just and to have the conversation. So I also negotiate with her. I say, I don't mind negotiating with you because that's that's sand boundaries. So I say, listen, what do you think is is reasonable for you? And she'll give me what she thinks. And I say, well, I think that's a little bit too long. How about we do this? And she'll go, okay, how about we do this? And then, okay, fine, you know? And I'm teaching her, I go, I want you to, I want her to be able, especially young girls, I want I want her to be able to negotiate. Because when she goes out into the world and she wants, you know, a pay increase or whatever, she loves the state. She wants to study in California one day. Maybe she'll, maybe she'll end up there. You never know. I want her to have her own voice and to be comfortable negotiating. So it, it's, it's happening in the home. I have no problem with that. And it, it's creating a nice environment where she doesn't feel 
like, you know, the parents are on top, the kids are on the bottom, and they're at the mercy of, again, our unconsciousness. So I try to be as conscious as possible. She she needs freedom and she needs freedom. And, and so we, we negotiate. So for parents, I would recommend that. I would say, listen, talk to your kids. Say, listen, I'm worried. I think you're consuming too much uh, social media um, and, and, and try to, to negotiate with them and, and see what's reasonable. That's a good way. Yeah, between social media and the famous Xbox 59 or whatever's out now, yeah. Uh, yeah. it's you, the kids get stuck playing video games all day. It used to be that we would go outside because there was nothing to do inside. And so we would go out and we would play baseball or we would ride bikes and do stuff like that. I don't see kids in my area. I don't see kids riding bikes anymore. Yeah. Um, I see people hiding in their houses. Is that is it like that in Canada as well? Uh, I think it depends. Uh, we live on a very busy street, so and uh, sometimes there's some sketchy characters, so we don't let her outside alone uh, for safety. Um, it's a nice area, but sometimes you can't. You just have to be careful. And with the pandemic and the the variant, uh, we're a little bit weary as well. Um, but yeah, I so I see a lot of kids. See, we're up north, so there are trails lakes cottages we have a cottage so you know we enjoy the, the lake in the summertime so there's that but yes i do find kids are much more indoors um they're they're chatting uh with their little video games and they can they can do role plays with their games and they're in the other house and you know they're playing so i used to play with real dolls but they're playing you know make believe we just have dolls but now they're playing online with their little roblox or whatever they're playing and they're having fun and they're creating they're having business they're, they're, they're they have businesses in this i'm listening to them there so there's it's not all bad you know right. i think we have a tendency to paint everything like oh this is terrible you know our students are going to be not learning as much this year and they're going to come back and there's going to be a huge gap and kids aren't doing but it's not ideal but there's also a lot of good things that are coming out of, of all of this with this new generation and and social media because again just to finish your answering your question, I try to model positive use of social media. And I talked to her about it too. I go, you know, there's good social media. And then there's kind of garbage social media. You got to be discerning. So I try to model what that looks like. Um, but, but kids are, um, you know, a lot of people are saying, you know, oh, uh, they're going to have a, a lot of learning to catch up on because of this pandemic. And again, it's how are you going to reframe it? And as a leader, as a school leader, uh, principal, or in, in my role, it's, you know what? Um, they're also learning a lot. Uh, my child has been baking a lot. And there's a lot of math in baking. And she's been, you know, making some interesting invent creations as well in the kitchen, right? So we're letting her explore that before well you know so so that's being taught she's learning how to garden you've started planting seeds and so uh she's watching interesting shows on history that that, that they've created for kids um so they are learning and and one thing educators can do when we do come out of this pandemic is ask kids you know what have you learned what new skills have you developed when you were home and when we were kind of you know not doing traditional schooling because I know you learned a lot please share and um, then you're putting the kid in the driver's seat and you're, and you're you're highlighting what the kid or the student has learned and how they've thrived on their own not you know necessarily in this box that we're we're putting them in you know 
uh, in, in the system. So, um, yeah. Question for you. Uh, and I got, I'm full of questions for you. Because this is a very interesting topic to me. One thing that I wish they would do down here, I don't know if you guys do it up there, but they don't teach life skills. They don't teach things like how to open a checking account, mm -hmm. how to save money so that you can have what you want down the road rather than spend every penny that you that you that you earn. How to interview properly, how to build, mm -hmm. especially in high school, how mm -hmm. to build a resume, how to get ready to for your SATs mm -hmm. and all of those things, those life skills. Do they yeah. are you guys better at that than we are down here? Because we're terrible at it. I don't know if we're better. Um, I know that we, we we do have it in our curriculum. I can only speak for Ontario. Uh, I, I'm assuming it's happening in other provinces as well. Uh, we do uh, actually we, we've just come out with a new math curriculum uh, in Ontario, and it is back to basics math where, you know, money, my daughter was counting money the other day. So, um, you know, and yeah, and I go, good, count the money. And, and she's, she's a saver. So, you know, and, and it, so they, they, they are putting that, and they, they do have more of a, a business um, uh, philosophy too in the, uh, like this, this new uh, government. They want students to um, be entrepreneurs and, and develop these skills as well. So it is back to basics. Yeah. Yeah, well, because sure. I had to laugh um, with down here, if if like you're in a uh, uh, like a grocery store or something and they lose power because the, the cash registers, you just put in how much they gave you and it tells you how much to give back. Kids don't know how to make change. It just drives me crazy that the, mm -hmm. you can be standing there at the at the uh, at the at the counter and say it's your bill is seventeen eighty eight, and mm -hmm. you give them a twenty dollar bill. Well, yeah. the, the change is is two dollars and twenty two cents, but they can't figure it out. <laughs> so it's like. Yeah. yeah. No. Exactly. I know. I know. But this is what they were learning, right? So they were they were. Yeah, they're doing this now and in, in, in they're going back to that because they need to be able to count basic change, understand that this is a $20 bill. See, our, our, our bills are colored, <laughs> color coded. And, That's helpful. Uh, it's helpful. Yeah. And we have coins, right? The loony, the toonie. So, uh um, but, uh, you know, so that's what that's what's happening now. I know in high school, too, they have uh, some some courses, of course, resume. Yes. Interview preparation they do especially with co-ops so co-op learning in high schools where they have a, a, a several weeks where they're going to be focusing on this because the students need to go to these jobs these job sites and interview and present a resume and go through the whole spiel you know that you you do you go through as uh, if you're applying for a position That's so great. it's great it's fabulous and we we have kids um uh, you know, again, this is for Ontario, but we have some competitions, uh, skills competitions, they're called. And uh, this is for professional skills or trade skills. And they're kind of like the Olympics, right, for high schools. So, um, and I still remember seeing this as a vice principal, where we would have these group of kids who were in, um, they were in a, a specialized program uh, focused on health. So at uh, the high school level, you, if you take extra, like, for example, CPR courses or anyway, certain workshops related to health and wellness in the, in the health sciences, for example, along with biology, chemistry and all the, the curriculum focused courses, uh, you get a special certification when you graduate. 
Okay. Oh, cool. but, yeah. And they have that for, um, uh, uh, they have it for trades. They have it for um, and um, travel, you know, they have all kinds. They have it for environment. So, and anyway, for this health program, they had this competition where students had to practice how to intubate, how to transfer patients, how to uh, do CPR, all this. Like, okay, they were timed, they were evaluated on their skill set. So they would practice after school. I remember we had, we'd have a nurse come in, they would train them, um, and then they would go out of town and they would compete, right? Instead of sporting events, We'd have these type of, well, we have sporting events, but we'd have these skills events. And the students in a group would, would, would and they would get a gold medal or silver or bronze. And we, uh, our school often got gold, We're very proud. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and um, they would do all that and they would be timed and it would be, they would look at the teamwork and the, the, the um, note taking and just like an ER, right? So a patient comes in, you have to, you have to analyze, you have to transfer the patient, you have to. So like that is pretty powerful when you're learning that in high school. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So a uh, uh, couple things that I, I want to talk about your book and, and your writing and what you, and what you're doing with all of that. I was watching, um, um, <laughs> surprisingly enough, YouTube. And, yeah, I love YouTube. I love YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> and there is a, a talk show host that is uh, really pretty prominent down here. I'm not going to say his name because he might sue me, but um, he had a children's show and this little nine-year-old girl gets up and she says, I don't know what to do about this situation. I have a boy who has a crush on me, but I know that my friend has a crush on him. How do I handle that? His response was, now this is a nine-year-old girl. His response was, tell the principal, have the boy expelled. Because he shouldn't, be, he shouldn't, he shouldn't, he shouldn't be messing with the girls of the school. And 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 I thought to myself, is where I don't know where he's living, but uh, um, that's part of a normal part of life, isn't it? Yes, absolutely, of course it is. That there you go, unconsciousness shining its light again, right? So uh, no, you know, you don't tell the principal. You you have to talk with you have a conversation with your child. You know, you just have a conversation. I mean, this is this is part of the dynamics, and you you also try to to um, just listen. Let the child talk to you. Let the child come to you. And again, I'm a parent, so I go through these things as well. What you're saying to me right now is not something I've never heard, right? So, and and and, and you know, girls can be very emotional, and you know, they're just so they love the drama. And I'm like, oh my goodness, stay away from drama. It's so much simpler. But you know, it's it's appealing. It's so yummy, right? They want the drama. So, um, so my advice is no, don't go to the principal because what are they going to do? Really, it's it's it's. Um, I would just you know, tell them to listen to your child, just be there, be present. And if they want to come to you, I like to give them, um, like I like to ask, you know, Phoebe, do you want to write in your journal? Like you have some journals. What would you like to do? Listen to music, dance? What do you want to do? I'm there. And then she decides what she wants to do. You know, she she works it out. It, they're never invested that long in these emotions either because their their left brain isn't developed yet. That's the other thing. They're, they're focusing on their right brain. So right brain is very... You know, emotional, sensitive, reactive. Um, emo you know, the right, the left brain is is logical. 
that left brain isn't developed yet. So, you know, we're the adults, we have more, we should have more reasoning, but, um, and logic. But often as parents, what we'll do is we're, we're going to try to meet the child exactly where we are. And then we're going to be, we're going to be frustrated when the child isn't reacting the way we think they should react. But then we forget that the child's brain has not developed yet and can't process all of these feelings, these moments, these, these situations. So, and they're going to happen over and yeah. over and over again. They are. So buckle up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, I know I had two boys. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, so in, in our world, uh, the boys left and, and took problems elsewhere versus the girls where they tend to bring them, bring them home. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I just hope that with, with the, with social media and also with the ease of finding uh, pornography and finding all that stuff that the kids, the, the kids are able to keep all of that straight and understand that that's not how it works. Exactly. I think um, that's, that's where you need to, instead of correction, you need to go for connection. So as soon as parents connect with their child, then you know it, everything stays open and you have a better like the, the, the kids are going to come to you you know they're 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 gonna they're gonna feel safe with you and they, they won't want to run away they won't want again they won't want to go to their, their peers you want them you want to be the first person they come to and you you can't have your eyes closed you can't shut your eyes to this you have to and you know you can't be afraid of these conversations like the birds and the bees and you know, uh, sexuality is very important. Like we, we've spoken to our daughter already, but this is how it happens. You want to know? Okay. So we sat her down. We had the proper book for her. We talked, we discussed, this is what happens. I want, I want you to know from me rather than a friend or a little boy on the schoolyard, you know, uh, because then she's going to, Lord knows how they process things. So I think it's to build connection. Number one, and, um, you know, I always find when, when um, you know, when my daughter or when you see children just, you know, crying or, or out of sorts or out of control because they can't tame their emotions, you, it's simple. You hold space for them. You let them um, have their emotions and, and you're just there. Just your presence, it, it could be a, a, a huge bomb for them, a huge healing factor. And uh, I try, I, I don't tell her to go to her room either because then every time she's doing having a meltdown and then I send her away well no that means that I'm sending the signal that you know okay every time you have a meltdown and you make me feel uncomfortable you have big emotions and I'm feeling uncomfortable then I'm going to send you away that's not what I want her to get so you have to sit with these deep feelings with with your child and 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 say okay that's fine I'm I'm holding space for you and I'm here for you and that's how the trust will build and 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 then you can have you you can have that talk about you know if, if you're worried about pornography or drugs or because there's that trust there's that bond that you've created so it's always big emotions sit with them breathe through them as a parent they're going to pass don't don't send them off to their room because again when you're doing that you're telling them well okay when you're making me feel uncomfortable I'm I'm pushing you away and you can deal with your emotions by yourself in your room that's what you're sending. So it's, it's very delicate. 
Well, in my day, I lived in my room. So. <laughs> oh, she loves her bedroom, but she's not finest, right? She has her, her, her toys and she's playing with her friends virtually. But uh, yeah, anyway, it's just, and, and it goes with the classroom too. I, I've told principals to make sure if I see a kid in timeout, that I'm, you know, I want, I want there to be, um, I, we call them educational assistants. I don't know if you call them paras in, in the yeah. States. So as long as the child is with an adult, because again, I don't want the child in the classroom to feel that, you know, they, they've made a poor choice and, and it's not jiving with the teacher. And then you go to the corner. Well, then you're creating an unsafe place for the child where he's, let's say kindergarten, because I was a kindergarten principal. You know, if, if they're in the, the corner by themselves, again, they're getting the message that, oh, I didn't behave properly. So I'm being put to the side. So, you know, again, that's about consciousness. And uh, I said, they can be with an adult and the adult can explain why they're there. They can talk it out and then come back to the group. So it, it, it also plays out in the classroom. We as parents tend to think, at least in my, in my sphere of influence, tended to think that school wasn't that much different. Times weren't that much different when we, when we were going to school to where they are now. But my, my um, former wife was a playground teacher in the, in a elementary school and um, a sixth, sixth grade girl comes up to her one day and says, Miss McDonald, how do you, uh, um, can you, can you get pregnant from anal sex? Just blurted out the sixth grade girl. Mm -hmm. and it was like, Holy Moses. They know a whole lot more mm -hmm. than we did at that age. And it's because of the internet and yeah. all of that sort of thing. And so you do as a parent, you do need to sit down and talk intelligently with and not be embarrassed by it. And as, and as long as your kids keep saying, oh, that's gross, you're good. <laughs> exactly. And, and you know, um, if a teacher does, let's say some, you know, a child comes up to a teacher like this and, 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 and asks that question, first of all, she must have felt that this is a girl, I guess uh, she must have felt, yeah, safe um to come to your wife or, or your your former wife to um to ask her that question so number one there's a trust factor uh it, but the most important response is to be super cool right <laughs> very not don't get charged and okay and except it is the as isness of what's happening right now our, our children are learning um more adult content quick you know quickly th these days okay it's happening and it's how we're going to work with what they've learned. Like, so, you know, if they're hearing swearing on the schoolyard or they're learning about sex on the schoolyard, um, I know it's going to happen sooner or later. If it's not, it's already happened. That's why we wanted to be proactive. And we saw that she was, you know, you know, she was curious and she was asking questions and you can't talk about the stork too long. After a while, you know, she's a smart kid. She's going to find her answers elsewhere. And it was a conscious decision, but we need to, be very open and the same thing with about drugs and alcohol you know this is what happens this is you know this is the fact and then i remember her telling me my god mom there's so many things you have to worry about now you know drugs alcohol you know girls getting pregnant too early i go well yes but when you're when you know better then you can do better and that's why we're here we're here to guide you and you know we're here we're always here we're open we don't judge we're we're you know there's nothing that's off topic and just keep repeating that over and over again. So if parents who are listening, um, yeah, this is, it's, 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 um, 
you know, we're, we're human. We, we're not perfect parents, but we're trying to do the best we can each and every day. Down here, we're having always have had probably always will have this discussion about abortion and about uh, abortion rights and, and uh, people who choose and, and whatever. But my, my position is children should be educated age appropriately mm -hmm. so that they understand the ramifications of what they can do so that we can make abortion safe, legal and rare that it doesn't happen anymore. Do you agree with that philosophy? Absolutely. It's, you know, you can't, you can't not talk about this. And actually that was one controversy in our uh, change of government where the, the um, phys ed curriculum in high school had been modified because there was no more teaching of, uh, you know, contraception and, um, you know, all that. And I go, boy, this is this is not at all uh, being proactive or um, you know liberal at all. So um, again, you know, kids are going to get their information from unfortunate, uh, unfortunately, not the best sources, which is why parents have to be very uh, open and honest and have have their eyes open because you know, I, you know, even do a, a little clean up of the room, your child's bedroom. You know, sometimes uh, I know it's, your privacy is important, but for the health and safety of your child, sometimes you do have to do a little sweep. You have to go in and look and see, okay, what's happening? I check, who's, who has she been talking to? You know, um, what are the chats looking like? Uh, little thing, because, you know, they, they, they can chat on messenger kids and things like that. What's happening? Who have you talked? And, and just casually, and also... Just casually listen in on the conversations, you know, with this, you know, what's happening? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, uh, okay, I'm hearing that. And then you can just gradually question. So being present, but not too snoopy, but still having your radar out, you know, not the head in the sand, but the radar still being like, okay, I'm hearing some things. I, you know, I might ask her about this later on, just as we're walking or something, you know, it's important. To really, really, really sound advice. Mm-hmm. Because you you don't necessarily have to, your kids to be your friend, but they have to trust you. Correct. And they have yeah. to trust your judgment, and they yeah. have to understand. And they they need to know that they that they can come to you, mm -hmm. and you're not going to put a guilt trip on them or cause them to to feel like they can't come to you anymore. Because they will find out. They will mm -hmm. go somewhere to find oh, yeah. the information they're looking for. Absolutely. And no so, shaming. No shaming at all. Yeah. Let's talk about your book and what, and uh, how long has it been out now? You know, it has just been released uh, two weeks ago. Hey, so how's it doing? Hot off the press. I have a here. This is what it looks like. It's doing well, very well. Yeah, it's um, you know I'm um, working with Tracy, and uh, so she's uh, giving me a lot of opportunity to to talk about my work, and um, it's just I it's just a tool to help new principles narrow that learning gap because you know there's nothing more it's like sometimes you feel like you've been fed to the lions okay you were a teacher you were safe and sound in your classroom and now all of a sudden well normally what happens is that teachers who become principals they usually there's usually a stepping stone where they've been uh, uh regional leads or you know some they've they've, they've held some kind of um portfolio some kind of special portfolio within the board to have a bit of exposure you know 
So, um, but but uh, when I was preparing for my principalship, I, I was just kind of looking for some quick tricks and tips, like practical stuff that they don't necessarily teach you when you're becoming a principal, when you're qualifying, you're, you're doing your papers, you're, you know, you're taking the course. And uh, I wanted to create that that work, that body of work for new principals. It's like, okay, by the way, if this happens, here's a here's a lesson, here's what I've gone through, and here's how I dealt with it in, in the results I got, which were, you know, that, which worked out. And then I have a section um, that's called take action. And then they, they have, they can watch more videos or they can journal on something. So there's, there's a bit of journaling work in there too, because it's all about going inward. So there's also, it's also an active, that's an active process. And of course, they offer resources and stuff in there too. I suspect that we're going to find your book on a lot of nightstands um, of uh, principles and mm-hmm. inspiring principles because it's, it's, uh, you can't possibly come up with a scenario for everything that's going to happen to you in school uh, on, on, on a weekly basis. So it's all a matter of gaining experience and that they can benefit from your experience and, and you can teach them how to, how to deal with it in an appropriate way and a positive way. They can be better at serving their teachers who can then be better at serving the kids and everybody wins. That's exactly how I see it, Kevin, you know, and to remain flexible, to be curious and to embrace the unknown because Lord knows you have no idea what you're going to run into when you step into that school, um, you know, on a daily basis. It could be quite an adventure and to embrace the unknown in the gray zone. <laughs> I can't imagine what it must have been like in 2020, right about March, when when the pandemic started to, to take full force and you had a brand new principal in a school that had to and they had to change everything about how they operated Mm -hmm. and she had to get everybody on board Mm -hmm. with how the changes that she was going to make or he was going to make happened. And Mm -hmm. that must have been an extraordinary time for those people. Well, I could, I could talk about that firsthand because I was one of them. Oh, wow. (laughs) So, because I moved up very quickly. It just so happened that it was one position after another and I got a promotion quickly. So that was me. And you, the mindset I, I adopted, and this is what I would like every principal to adopt, especially during a time of crisis, it's, okay, great. Now we have an opportunity to grow and to innovate. That was the first mindset I wanted my staff to adopt. I go, isn't this, I mean, it's too bad we have a, a virus out there, a pandemic. That's terrible. But how can we alchemize? How can we turn this into gold for us? And how can we shine our light on the community and reach out? Because let's take social media. We started doing an hourly, uh, a daily, I did it. I started as their principal. I used to do a, uh, a daily story time for the kids because it was a JK and K school. Very, it was a very, there were little kids, beautiful, oh, adorable little students. So to keep the connection going, I did an, uh, a daily story time. So what I did and and um, was to alchemize, right? I said, let's. I, I put up a virtual uh, school for for the school. I I, um, I went on these virtual learning platforms. I subscribed our school to it. I created some virtual classes. The teachers would upload videos and lessons, and we would promote on Facebook, and we would send newsletters, and we would have these story times, and we we created a huge buzz in the community where. Uh, it became like, wow, they're they're transforming right away, you know, and of course it was service focused. What are the parents going through right now? What are the students going through? 
what do they need? They need connection. They need stability. The parents need to know where to get the content. They need to know um, when to deliver the content. They need it. And I sent out surveys regularly to see, okay, how is it going? What do you need from us? Always service focus. So it's the big picture. We were there as a team and not for our own glory, but as a team to see, okay, we're here to, to, to be of service. And of course, I had to support my staff too, because they were going through this transition as well. So so it was a very positive experience, even though it was stressful. But as the leader, you have to, you're responsible for framing the scenario, right? And I wanted to frame it as, okay, right on. All right, now we have a new challenge. And let's, here's what I'm proposing. Anybody have any ideas? And how are we going to turn this into gold? And this will be fun. It's and going to be fun. Yeah. And I, again, as a leader, you have to embody the values. So how is it going to be fun? Well, I hosted a cooking show with my daughter on the, in, in my kitchen on Facebook Live. Okay, let's make little chocolate mug, uh, mug cakes, you know, in the mug. You know, that was a, so that was fun. We did it even during the summertime. Again, to keep the connection going with the, with the community. Um, and uh, let's create, you know, challenges and let's uh, post some fun videos on, you know, they, they had some science experiments. And so we, uh, the story time was a big hit too. Yeah, the daily story time. So if somebody would like to talk to you personally and and to have you counsel them and to and to work with them on a on a regular basis mm -hmm. or whatever you decide, mm -hmm. that's a, or a coaching basis. That's a, that's available to them as well, right? It is. Yes, we have. Uh, this is brand new and it's going very well. It's called the First Year Principal Tribe. It's a weekly weekly sessions and we're a collective. So uh, principals or, or aspiring principals from around everywhere. It's growing. So right now it's small, but it's growing slowly. And every Wednesday afternoon, uh, Eastern, uh, from 4.30 till 5, 5, 15, 40, 30 to 45 minutes, we have a weekly call together live. And I teach on one topic. And we always start with the, you know, does anybody want to share what they've gone through this week? Do they have a question? So it's really tailored to their needs and it's personal coaching in a, in a group, but we, we answer their questions and then they get to meet other principals or aspiring principals. And we have some challenges right now. We have a wellness challenge going on to make sure we stay fit and healthy till the end of the year. Cause we want to head into that summer break healthy. So we're not in bed for two weeks recovering right from the year. We want to enjoy every minute of the summer holiday. So it's a great platform and uh, it's extremely inexpensive. So people can just come for, for a cup of coffee and a muffin a month. You get access to myself and other uh, school leaders for about 45 minutes a week. Really How do they access it? What's the, what's the website? They can go to thefirstyearprincipal.com. So principal, obviously, A-L, <laughs> principal. And um, they can just go on the homepage. They'll see if they scroll down, they're going to see the first principal tribe. And they can sign up right there and then. Yep, I was looking at it. There it is, right there. That's, that's, so that, that is really cool. That's, yeah. That is really cool. I have, to, I have to tell you, not only are you a, a terrific mom, uh, because I, I agree wholeheartedly with you as far as communicating with your daughter and keeping her abreast and negotiating and, and doing all of those things that a 10 year old girl is dying to do <laughs> and dealing with the drama, um, as well. And you are a, a marvelous educator. Can you come down here and, and work here for a while? We need help. 
you guys, I, I, I'd love to, <laughs> I love, you know, we're, I love my country. I love the States. You know, we, we, I'm very happy with neighbors. I'm, I'm so happy we're collaborating together. Um, you know, there's, um, there's a lot of goodness in the world and, uh, I have a lot of, I, I feel very optimistic. Cool. I did have one question that I've always wondered about. Yeah. And I don't know if it's up in, in, in Canada as well, but down here we have got, like I live in the Seattle area and we've got the Seattle school district. We've got Kent, we've got federal way. We've got Burien. We've got uh, Lake Washington. We've got the, the Northern. There are lots and lots and lots and lots of tons of school districts. Why don't they consolidate them into, into a larger group that they could save money and they could put more money into the classroom to help the teachers because having 30 kids in a classroom is crazy mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and stuff is, I mean, is that something that you would advocate or is it, am i being like we need to have it be real local i i um that's not really some it's not really on my radar uh we've we don't have that many, but I mean, we're, you know, in Canada, we, we have, I think our population is what, 35 million only, right? Yeah. You know, 330 million. So, or something like it's pretty big, right? <laughs> yeah. It's, like it's our, our, country, our country can fit in California. So the pop population wise. So, um, you know, that's kind of a political, uh, yeah. I, I, I don't know really how to respond to that, but I, I see the logic. Um, you know, yeah, it's a tough one. But, but way, way to dodge that one. I don't blame you at all because I because that's that's not even on anybody's radar. I just was just kind of curious. Yeah. Because they're always complaining about they don't have any money and that they they don't have enough money for the kids. Yeah. And to put money into the into the kids and to get the class sizes down mm -hmm. to fifteen to twenty kids and stuff. And I said, well, if you don't have the money, well, anyway, that's a political thing. So yeah. I won't go there. <laughs> but uh, by the way, Dolphin. <laughs> Daphne. Daphne Wallbridge has been our guest. She is a uh, an educator of the first rate. Let's talk about your website again. They can go to thefirstyearprincipal.com and they'll find lots of free resources there for uh, new and aspiring principals. And of course, the my book is there. And um, you'll also find the link to the, uh, the first year principal tribe, which I would love to see you in. Uh, all the, anybody who's listening out there, teachers, aspiring principals, new principals, it'd be great to have the conversation and to meet weekly. Oh, and all the lessons are recorded. So if you can't meet, you can't make the live, then you can just watch it. And it's, they have it for life. So seems to me like that is something that in a position like that, where you can be like in your office and, and everybody's, you don't feel like you've got any connection to anybody because they all work for you and stuff. And mm -hmm. sometimes that's not, that can be a little friction there. It'd be great to have a group that you can go to the vent to talk about. And that's what it's for. It's a collective to offer support and uh guidance and that cushion and you know every week oh i'm meeting with my tribe on wednesday and if i can't make it i know i can watch the recording and then i can we have our facebook group page and you know people we can we connect and we support each other daphne it's been a pleasure having you here and i like to when at the end of our time together i like to give my guests an opportunity to tell our audience anything you'd like them to know 
anything. Well, I've said so much. I've enjoyed our conversation. Um, well, I just think if um, I'm just going to speak to teachers out there who are aspiring principals or new principals, it is not uh, the lonely only. There's a lot of support out there. Uh, being a principal, being a school leader, an educational leader is an incredible career. And uh, it's exciting. And it's all the way you, you look at it. And uh, it's my passion and my purpose to help new leaders or aspiring leaders see that light and uh, develop the, their skills. And that was, and your dog's name is? Uh, I, I was waiting how long. It's Strawberry. <laughs> strawberry oh. Walbridge. She's a cockapoo. She's adorable. She's so cute. But uh, I told my husband, keep her away from the window. I don't want her barking. But uh, there you go. She said, okay, mom, that's enough now. <laughs> Yep, you, <laughs> she, she had to get her two cents worth in. So, She's so a ham. <laughs> there you are. Daphne, if you stay right there for a second, I got to do this and I'll be right back. Alrighty. Hey, and thanks for listening to this episode all the way to the end. Hey, pretty cool. Hey, don't forget to follow us so you can receive regular updates and new posts. And remember, take care of each other because each other's all we've got. See you next time on My Independence Report.